Hello, and this is Mrs. Paranormal. It's a Sunday morning, 1049 Wisconsin time. It's overcast. It's 29 degrees out, so I am in my house. I think my days are going to be numbered now doing the podcast in the truck, just because of the weather. <laughs> it's kind of, it's, it just gets a little too chilly sitting there with the engine off. I'm not going to sit there and run them with the engine on. That's like, you know, wasting gas. So, anyways, I think the days of recording the truck are done. Unless by chance I happen to, we happen to get a warm day, which I do think winter is upon us now. Not much, no snow really. No, not much snow at all. So I hope everybody's doing well. You had a great work week, vacation, retirement, whatever that you're doing. I hope you had a great week. So on Friday was my birthday. Ta-da! No, I'm not going to tell you how old I am. But yes, Friday was my birthday. And for my birthday, I got, hear me open it. It's like I gotta open it. I got a mail meter. I posted on my Facebook page, Wisconsin Investigators of the Supernatural. And I'll turn on the REM pod. It's really cool, you guys. Hear that? So it's got a REM pod in the back. Well, that's where the switch is. I'm like, the cat doesn't like that. But anyways, the colors are green, purple, like a magenta and pink. Really pretty. And then at the top of it, there's an antenna for the temperature. Which I just turned on. It's really cool. I have to say it smells very, very strong of, uh, the only good word to say is ozone. It's very strong scent. So right now it's reading at 71.3 in here. And it hasn't, if I go close to the iPad, that's the, that's the REM pod kicking on that, which is normal. That's good. So that's good. My phone should set it off. Yep, it does. So I really want to investigate now. (laughs) So I'll put that over there. So what I did was, I emailed place not too far from me it's winter so a lot of times the hotels their business is slowing down and all of that so I emailed them last night uh eh, not too lengthy but enough to say hey this is who I am I've been to your hotel before and I put down basically I would like to have the opportunity to investigate your location and I just gave a little bit of a background of my team obviously Wisconsin investigators of the supernatural and we'll see what happens with that, you guys. I really want to try this out. It's something I've been wanting for a very long time. It's basically everything in one. So you like so you got the REM pod, the temperature, and you've got the uh, EMF. So even if when I go on investigations, I could still bring the original REM pod, the big round one, right? And my K2 meter and uh, my temperature sensor. So that way I could leave those out in other rooms but use this as a primary. And it comes with a little kickstand on the back, which is cool. Came with batteries, so that's nice. I don't have to worry about because I'm like, oh, I got my batteries in it. No, it came with batteries. And I'm very happy with it. It's called Mel 8704R-REM-ATDD. The ATDD has to be on to make the REM pod calibrate right. And still could be calibrating. Maybe, I don't know. It takes it a couple minutes apparently to calibrate everything. So if I'm sitting here talking to you guys and that thing goes off, it shouldn't be the iPad. 
it may be, but I think the iPhone's too far away to set it off. So that'll be cool if that sets it off. So yay, I got to add something new to my, my package of goodies. My package, my little goodie case. There we go. Paranormal goodie case. We'll just call it that. Um, so that's cool. The house has been relatively quiet. I, for some reason, I don't know why, but I keep getting a feeling that there's something in my bedroom, bedroom, good Lord, my kit. Words are hard. I don't know what the hell the deal is. I get a birthday and I can't seem to speak right. And I'm getting nasally. What the frig? In the bathroom, I have a very tiny pantry, very tiny. My house is the rooms are small. It's built in 1924, so they weren't really big on closet sizes, at least not in my house. Anyways, um, I have a very small towel linen closet. There we go. Very tiny. Okay, you guys. So anyways, for some reason, I don't know why, but I get the feeling that there's something in the linen closet. It just... So when I'm in the bathroom <laughs> doing my thing, I'll say, hello, is anybody there? You know, I'll tap, you know, knock, can you copy this? Nothing yet, but for some reason, it's very strong in the bathroom, in that little pantry. Okay. Okay, it just blipped. What was that? Oh, it's the, that's right, I'm sorry, on this, that's me. I forgot, on the sides, there's a temperature. Oh, dude, that freaked me out. I'm like, what the hell is blinking on the wall? It's blinking red really blinking red so that means that it's detecting uh temperature fluctuation because i've got the heater on and i have um an oil heater going too on the other side of the room because it's chilly here today guys it's really blinking 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 put the ipad back i shouldn't set it off though interesting well no it's cool because it's interesting because i've got no rules to investigate right now so i get to see that it's working and it's everything, what's also really nice is everything is LED now. Like the cat balls are LED, this is LED, the RAM pod is not LED, otherwise it, I don't think it's LED. Could be, but I'm doing that, I'm doing that, I'm doing that. Here, I'll move it this way. Really cool, I get to kind of use it. And the backlight on the, the millimeter is red. It's so cool. <laughs> I want to go investigate! <laughs> excited so <laughs> we'll see i'm working on it it's, it's giving me more motivation to contact and see if i can get out there it's just me and amanda for god's sake it's not like a team of 12 and cameras and lights and you know we're very low-key so if you guys uh <laughs> want to i do have a picture on my wisconsin investigators of the supernatural facebook page feel free to pop over there and take a look at it yeah it's pretty cool Anyways, I hope everybody, like I said, is doing well. I am on vacation starting Tuesday. Yahoo! And then stay, staycation. Then next Sunday, I get to see Josh Gates. Oh my god, you guys. I've been wanting to meet Josh Gates. Or at least see him in person for... Oh, I don't know. 10 plus years, you guys. I have followed him from day one on all his adventures. And oh, I can't wait to see him. So, what else is going on? Uh, nothing much, paranormal-wise. Um, what else? I found a new TV show on CBS called So Help Me Todd. It's freaking hysterical. You guys got to watch that. 
And also, if you know that I am in the chat on the Haunted side on Tuesday nights mostly and Friday nights I'm in his chat. I'm a moderator, so if you guys want to come and hang out, go for it. I am on Twitch, Patty in Wisconsin, I think I'm under. I mostly game on that one. What else? I've got some good stories to read. They're not really stories. It's something a little bit different. That's it. That's letting me know that there's been a temperature change. And my cat's like, what? The only thing is I don't know how to stop it. Okay, I turned it off. So that's just letting me know that there's a temperature change. But the... Excuse me. The actual temperature on the device... Showing it's 72 in here now. Yeah. All right. So I found some stories today. Again, they're not, they're stories, but they're not stories. It's something different for me. I thought it was pretty cool. But it took me a while to find something. And then Curtis just sent me an email this morning with the story, so I'll read that one too. So let's get going. (laughs) All right, what's this one? This one is, well, actually, I apologize. I found four. Oh, my goodness. How am I going to fit this all in? (laughs) This may be a longer podcast than I wanted to. This is kind of really interesting. I literally found it last night. I stumbled upon it. It's NOAA, you know, the National Observatory Atmospheric Association. I forgot what this stands for. But there's six spooky and odd science stories to keep you up at night. This is published in 2017. I've never seen this before. So you know how the scientists go out and they, uh, they do documentation on fish, production of fish, um, uh, migration of animal uh, mammals like the whales and certain fish and dolphins and all of that, right? Well, these are some interesting stories that I was like, what? All right, let's see. Disembodied whispers. This is so exciting because I've, I've never found this until today. In 1985... The old army hospital built in the late 1890s was part of our Sandy Hook lab. During that time, we conducted bluefish research in that building, and staff members working the night shift would record fish swimming times, you know, each hour to ground, sorry, each hour to ground truth video recordings documenting swimming behavior. I had only been working at the lab a couple of months when I asked to participate in this research. My office was on the first floor, and the door that entered the research aquarium was in the basement. Now, connecting these two doors areas was a set of stairs to the basement, but to get there meant passing a large staircase to the second floor. I started hearing what I thought was whispering, whispered voices coming from upstairs. Not every time I passed the large staircase, and not always clearly, so I ignored it, thinking that maybe I may be imagining it, right? That's what we all do. By midnight, I had decided to just stay in the basement aquarium room and sleep on the old hospital couch rather than walk through the building and pass a large staircase. Since I was new and wanted to keep my job, I continued sleeping in the basement whenever I had to work the night shift. That was about once every six weeks. That was until the lab building burned down all in September of 1985. Scary thing was, an arsonist had lit the fire on the night I was supposed to work. I fortunately, had, I fortunately had switched my shift to another night. After the fire, when the co-worker and I were scavenging equipment from the lab ruins, I remember thinking to myself, finally, the building will be quiet. 
That's interesting. Hear whispers. Strange flashes of light. Vince Gouda is a research fishery biologist in the Ecosystems and uh, Aquacultural Division's Habitat Ecology Branch and is based at the Sandy Hook Lab in, in uh, New Jersey. Okay, the temperature light's flickering again. <clears throat> Damn it. Let's see if it sets it off again. <clears throat> Late one summer night at Duke University Marine Lab, I and a few other graduates, I'm sitting on my futon so you're going to hear it creak, and I and a few other graduate students were working late on a class research project for a graduate course in, sorry, invertebrate philosophy. Oh, good Lord, you guys, it's going to be tough one. Oh, it doesn't matter. All right, all right, hold on, hold on. It's going off. We're recording this... Uh, respiratory rhythms of ghost crabs in a pitch black windowless second floor lab. That's not creepy at all, huh? All right. While talking to each other in the pitch black, we saw tiny flashes of blue white light. The strange thing was we could only see them when people were talking. We sat in, we sat there in the dark, racking our brains to understand what these odd flashes of light could be. Did we anger this ghost spirits of previous researchers or the spirits of the ghost crabs? Ghost crabs? Nope, but the science had the answer. It turns out it was the peppermint lifesavers we were chewing. Hey! Lifesavers contain a high energy of polyphosphate sugars that break down upon impact. Well, that's neat. Ah. What's this one? Always watching. When you work in an aquarium, you get used to uh, a multitude of different noises, hissings of air supply lines, rhythmic cycling of the seawater pumps, pumping systems, splashing of the aquarium specimens, you know, things like that, and sometimes barely audible conversations between aquarium visitors. We have a lot of people walking and talking throughout the aquarium for most of the day, but then there are other times when you're working alone, doors closed to the public, and the coworkers are all gone. It was usually during these times that I had that I would see what I first thought was just a visitor that hadn't signed in at the front desk, a scientist wandering about in the lunch, lunch break room, or a coworker who came back into the building because, building because they forgot something. Then I'd remember it couldn't be any of those things because I was alone. My visitor would allow me to see him in only two locations, the behind-the-scenes area on the second floor in the basement. There it is in the basements again, you guys. And in the public area of the back-up gallery, I'd see the shadow of an older man, large in stature, generally off in the distance, passing through the peripheral vision. I can't always be certain that it isn't someone passing through, although I'm nearly always certain I am alone. And in the basement, I always see the reflection of a bearded man peering into the glass of the tanks I was checking. Wow. Off my shoulders, I was standing beside... Okay, so it's checking the tanks as I was glass tanks I was checking off my shoulder as I was standing beside, beside or behind me. In the beginning, I'd naturally turn around and expect to see someone, but no one was ever there. I've now stopped turning around. I simply assume it's a quiet observer, a curious mind, or perhaps the man who's still vested in the work we do for the public. 
in a location that held a dear place in his heart and whispered, Mr. Baird, is that you? Attack of the Parasitic Isopods. It was a sunny afternoon in Tampa Bay when it happened. We began deploying 300-foot gilled net for our small research boat, and about halfway through the deployment, it st- started tugging weirdly. We stopped and began we stopped and began pulling the net back into the boat. It became quickly apparent that we had hit a huge school of menhaden. There were hundreds upon hundreds of them because the gill mesh was too small. It acted like a spaghetti strainer, scooping them up rather than tangling themselves. As we pulled up the net, the man menhaden just started falling into the boat. We didn't pay attention to the fish flopping at our feet because we needed to get the net out of the water as fast as we could to stop more fish from being captured. That's when I felt it. Something crawling up my leg. Sorry, guys. Seriously, heard noise. Okay, anyways. I looked down. To my horror, I saw hundreds of parasites, isopods spewing out the mouths of the menhaden, crawling up, attaching to my legs. I started screaming and jumping around, causing others to do the same. <laughs> we ended up climbing on the boat's uh, center console chairs, waiting for these things to die. I still can feel that raspy, clenching sensation on my, li- on my legs. Yuck. <laughs> ah, I like that one. Yeah. Laurel Smith. While working in the Cascade Mountains of Oregon, two co-workers and I were heading back from a rare plant study site when we happened upon a small herd of elk. One of my co-workers mentioned that we should, we should probably get going because mountain lions are drawn to herds of elk. So for the next mile or so, we saw we sorry, for the next mile or so, as we walked along a small dirt logging road to our work truck, we kept hearing what sounded like something large rustling in the brush alongside of us. We looked but couldn't see anything. As it kept pace with us, we stayed close together and kept a brisk walk pace while talking loudly to make our presence known. Talking loudly, sorry, which is true, you should do that. We started talking about the recent mountain lion sightings in the area. Uh, joggers, being, joggers being stalked and small dogs being eaten. Ooh. Then I shared an eerie story I had recently heard on the news. There was a family having a fun outing in a nearby park. During their walk... The man had stopped to take a picture of his wife and their little baby, oh no, tucked in the stroller. It wasn't until later on they developed a film, oh, they saw a hidden horror. Peering through the bush right behind the stroller is a face of a mountain lion. Talking about all these mountain lion stories made us pretty jittery. Our hearts were pounding. All we knew was that we shouldn't run because the mountain makes the mountain lions want to chase. Correct. And we wouldn't definitely lose that race. In the moment, though, it was really, really hard not to run as fast as we could down the small logging road towards our work truck. Here's another one. Phantom of the Deep. About 20 years ago, I was night snorkeling in about 8 feet of water with a colleague near Point Judith, Rhode Island, trying to take some photos of squid squid predation on sand lance. As I knelt down on the sandy bottom to line up my shot, I placed one of my hands on the sand to steady myself. I spotted a school of squid feeding, and as I was readying my camera camera system, I suddenly felt a yank and so I suddenly felt a yank on dive swims on my dive suit sleeve. Assuming it was my buddy that was diving with me, I turned around to see what he wanted. I saw nothing. He wasn't there. Eyes darting around. I spotted his dive light a little distance away. My mind raced, trying to figure out what happened. 
Then another hard yank on my dive suit. I quickly looked down at my wrist, not knowing what to expect. And that's when I saw it. My phantom dive bunny, a large bunny, buddy, a large blue crab tugging away at my dive suit sleeve. Cute. Good stories. <laughs> I don't know if I could dive at night, you know. I, I've never dove, dived before. I always wanted to be an oceanographer, but yeah, I didn't quite plan as it didn't go as I planned. All right, so now we're switching gears. All right. These are something I found I thought was very interesting. They're short stories, but they're short spooky stories. And what it is is that the, um, there's a uh, college... Berkeley Center for the Arts is Berkeley, Center, Berkeley County School Di- District, okay? So they're also known as BCA. Students take on two-cent spooky story challenge. This is back in 2020. Now, the world's shortest horror story was originally published in 1948. It was written by Frederick Brown and consists of two sentences. It reads, The last man on earth sat alone in a room. There was a knock on the door. Let that sink in for a little bit there, you guys. The last man on earth sat alone in a room. There was a knock on the door. Clearly, he was not the last man on the earth. On the earth? On earth. So, what we did is they go through different... They go through different... Um, can you shut that off, please? Stop. Can you set off the lights above there? Or is that just a temperature? You guys are going to hear cars outside, sorry. Can you, if you're here, can you set the lights off at top, the top of it? If there are spirits in this house, which I, re- I, I invite you into this room, go like this, touch this. That's how I know you're here, okay? So as I'm talking, come in and, and touch that antenna for me, all right? That way I know you're here. So, anyways, the Berkeley uh, Center for Arts School District first arts manager program. So first it was the seniors, okay? And these are just some seniors that did very short, spooky stories. The seniors start off. Now, I haven't really read these. I kind of like, you know, guys, I've told you over and over again, I skimmed through it very briefly, just a whoosh, right? Like last podcast, I was not impressed with. This podcast, I'm confident on. (laughs) I had my Duncan, sorry. (laughs) Swear, just Duncan. Whatever it was staring back at him from the bathroom mirror, he was certain it was something inhuman. While shaking hands, oh, sorry, with shaking hands, he reached for the door, but the knob wouldn't turn. Helps if I read this well, doesn't it? I woke up to loud circus music playing in my room, so I squeezed my eyes shut, hoping that it was all a dream. When I opened them, the head of an old clown was bouncing on the edge of my bed, and the words, and the words, want to play, were carved into my arm. The sound of footsteps echoed in the otherwise empty school hallway, so Lillian turned around only to find herself staring back. She stretched out her mouth good and wide and swallowed herself whole. Ew. That's kind of gross. I took a late shower last night, and when I got out, I saw my reflection in the mirror, smiling at me. Except, I wasn't smiling. Mommy, come play with us, the boy. <laughs> the boy. An only child begged his mother, rolling, uh, rolling a ball towards the dark corner of his room. His mother watched it roll back. I reread that. Mommy, come play with us. The boy, an only child, 
begged his mother. Rolling the ball towards a dark corner of his room, his mother watched the ball roll back. Mm-hmm. Through the ashes and the remains of his house, it seems as though not a single thing was nearly salvageable nor alive. The smile of victory spread across his face. Ooh, a little shit. Fog, fog, <laughs> fog, fog crawls up my back on a lonely walk home. As I stop to tie my shoe, a twig snaps behind me. <gasps> now for the juniors. Honey, your dad was planning on banning us for dinner, but don't worry, I took care of it, mother said, tenderly placing a... I don't even know. I can't believe I was just going to read. Oh, tenderly placing a large fillet onto the sizzling cast iron skillet. Oh my God, that's disgusting. <laughs> oh God, you know what that was about, right? <laughs> oh, Jesus. Ah, oh, next one. For days I waited in a tree with an ache in my throat. You'd think the trick-or-treaters would know the difference between a decoration and a body. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> Holy fuck. Oh, shit. <laughs> Her name was Sheila Floyd. Nice, Sheila. God. As usual, I walked through the cemetery to visit, cemetery to visit my grandmother's grave. But as I squatted down to place flowers near her, I saw a tombstone next to hers that read my name. Creepy. Sophomores. The lamp helped my shadow to the wall as I stood up. But when I turned it off and lay down, it was still there. Hmm. Hearing her mom call her down for dinner, Julie begins to walk to the kitchen. As she's walking, she looks down at her beeping phone only to see a text from her mother saying that she was still at work. Ooh. Creepy. On the cliffs as high as these, the only thing that can rely upon you is your rope, said the instructor confidently. Snap. <laughs> Bye. Oh, God, these people, they're mental. No, I'm just kidding. Very creative. A little girl around the age of six stood alone in a sea of unfamiliar people in an unfamiliar place. The sound of her own heartbeat speeds up and intensifies, running shivers down her spine until all the sounds stop completely as a coarse hand grabs her by her shoulder. Hmm. I need new glasses, guys. Oh, my God. Stop, please. I woke... I woke up from a terrible dream last night to the sound of voices. I went to the living room and only to find no one but shadows dancing around me with their hands stretched out, clawing at my shirt. That's creepy. I was out taking pictures for a friend for a school project. When I went back to choose the pictures I liked best, there wasn't anyone in the photos. Wait, what? I was out. What? I was out taking pictures for of a friend for a school project. Well, that's fucking creepy. It makes you wonder if they really made this shit up or if some of these are true, right? My daughter asked me to check her closet for any scary, anything scary. So, of course, I humored her and looked inside. My daughter was curled up in, into a ball crying and said, Mommy, there's something in my room. No, 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 no. Wait, 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 wait. wait. Gotta reread that. I didn't get it. My daughter asked me to check her closet for anything scary. 
So, of course, I humored her and looked inside. Inside, my daughter, oh, oh my God, I see. Inside, my daughter was curled up into a ball crying and saying, Mommy, there's something in my room. My daughter has what? Interesting. Hmm. Freshman, a mother called out to her daughter from another room. She began to search for her mother's voice, only to be hastily pulled into a closet where her mother whispered, I heard it too. That one I've seen all over the internet, you guys. I've seen that one on so many different short stories. Now I know where they got it from. Elisa. <laughs> he always wondered why his mother stared at the living room wall like that. Then he saw it too as it whisp whispered in his ear finally and opened to pull him in. <laughs> Julie Jenkins was so nice. Julie Jenkins had no vice. But when her mother came home, Julie Jenkins found her tomb. <laughs> <laughs> my sister always my sister was always a pretty one now that I wear her skin I understand what they saw okay that okay I've seen that one before on um on YouTube <laughs> where they did like you know because some people do narrating like um horror story narrating on YouTube I've seen that one on YouTube actually I think I know a friend that did something similar to that I mean the story not oh good lord well we won't go there just kidding. Uh, all right, here's the last one. A look at the clock reading 3.01 a.m. As her nails began scratching down my back with bony fingers and her sharp crackled, her sharp cracked nails wrapped around my face, muffling my screams, I jumped out of my bed, sweat dripping off the tip of my nose and realizing it was just a dream. As I noticed the big hand clock pointing to the three and hear the creak of my window slowly sliding open. Not bad, not bad, not bad, man, not bad. All right, all righty now. Here we go. We're switching over to another one, and then I'll read Curtis's last. Now, again, you know, I've done uh, some uh, podcasts on haunted uh, real estates and homes and stuff like that, right? But this one I found, I don't remember these stories, but it's called Haunted Open Houses, Real-Life Ghost Stories from Real, Pat, Real Estate Pros. If I've read these, I'll know as I'm going because my brain will, you know, snap and go, oh, okay, sounds familiar. But these, I don't remember just scrolling through. I don't recognize any of the keyword, you know, words in here. So anyways. All right, the first one. Da, 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 da. The blue room with a tragic history. Have you ever walked into a room and just felt that something wasn't right? Well, that's what happened to the broker Paul, sorry, Braid. Brad Pauly when touring a house with his client in Austin, Texas, several years back. As I entered the back bedroom with all navy walls, I got a chill and goosebumps, he said. I didn't know why, but I had to get out of that house and catch my breath. After running outside to recover, Polly did a little little digging to find out what was going on in the house. Okay, now, you know, I'm thinking he ran out of the house. He started digging in the dirt, right? After running outside to recover, Paul did a little digging. A little digging like he's digging in the dirt, right? No? Oh. When I was asked the agent why the seller was selling, she told me that someone had committed suicide in the Navy Blue Room bedroom two weeks prior to our showing. Well, there you go. He sensed it. Didn't know why. A curse on the house. It's one thing to have a ghost lurking around the house. 
But what do you do when the living person is casting curses? That's exactly what Charlie, director of estate of Aaron Kerman Group in Los Angeles, was forced to figure out. A couple of years ago, I was given the opportunity to list a major house in Beverly Hills in a gated community, he recalls. It was a gigantic house, well over 15,000 square feet. And we were brought in to sell it because the couple who owned it were going through a bitter divorce. That was loud. That's like very loud. 73.2. Stop. That's like, that's a little annoying. That's like, um, I didn't like that. That was a little too loud. That reminded me of a smoke alarm. I didn't, I shut it off. Anyway, sorry guys. Um, <laughs> better divorce. Although the husband was keen on selling, the wife, who was practice, practicing Wiccan, Wiccan, did not want to, a fact that quickly became apparent. She had put up roadblocks at almost every turn on her way up to the property. That sounds a little crazy. And one of them was a curse on the house, Charlie exclaimed, explains. After days of spooky, after days of spooky happenings in the house, including unexplained and sudden power outages, Charlie, Charlie decided to take matters into his own hands. I paid five... <laughs> $5,000 to bring in one of my spiritual advisors to clean the home, to cleanse the home, he recalls. Once they were in the house, not knowing anything about the owners except that the wife was practic practicing Wiccan, they told me they could feel the fights that the couple had in various rooms of the house. Okay, I was always thought and told and read that Wiccans don't do stuff like that. The, the Wiccans... um could be wrong but uh i know i mean there's different levels of wiccans like earth you know that kind of thing different levels of practices uh, the elements that they choose but i didn't think wiccans are supposed to do curses maybe i don't know maybe maybe it depends on the the version of wiccan but i always they're the always the one they were the ones that like say uh if you put a curse on somebody three times full to come back at you, that's always a Wiccan thing. So that's why you're not supposed to, you shouldn't, uh, from what I've read and been told, to do curses on people because you come back to you uh, three times full. You know what I mean? It'll come back at you, in other words. So to read that it was Wiccan, very surprising. Because now they know they're risking it coming back to them threefold. So maybe that's why they're going to divorce. I don't know. Right? Right? short I thought I was hoping they'd give us more than and seriously why in the hell would you pay five thousand dollars to bring in a spiritual advisor to cleanse a home five thousand dollars you guys and chances are it's not even gonna last because they're gonna do the sage right and they're gonna go around all the little door jams and da 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 which I've talked about this plenty of times in my theory I love the word theories I don't think sage works Sage is just a temporary fix. It's just a band-aid. It's going to come off and it's going to be back. Yeah, spirits may not like to smell. They don't like the smoke, whatever it may be, but they will come back. I think more has to be done if you really want a spirit to go. If a spirit's really, really bugging you, you can politely tell them to go. Or you live with each other, right? You, you coexist with each other. But I honestly don't. Uh, believe in sage i've i've burned sage and you guys it really reeks it just smells like like marijuana 
honestly to me. I'm like, God damn, this shit stinks. So no, I, I have a sage stick. I've got really big, thick ones that my friend made, but they're honestly just for looks. I have no desire to burn any sage because I don't believe in that. Really, I don't think it works. It's just a temporary fix because <laughs> I was actually on an investigation and we had someone come in to cleanse the home. Okay, she came out there sage and she did the whole sage thing with the feather and the whole prayer and da da da, da you know, and da, 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 whatever it may be, right? So, guess what? Guess what? No shit. About a month later, the, the client calls us back saying, Yeah, the spirits are back. Uh huh. It, it's just a temporary fix. That's my own take on it. So, I apologize if I offend anybody. Actually, no, I'm not because my podcast, right? And I talk about my experiences and my thoughts, and I don't believe sage works. I'm sure some mediums and psychics, if you're out there, um, let me know if you are a psychic or a medium and you feel sage works 100%, or do you believe it's just a temporary fix? Okay, here's another one. The Restless Bride. While touring a potential fixture-upper in trending neighborhood of Knoxville, Tennessee, Cassidy and his agent ran into an unwelcome and creepy surprise. I met my realtor at a property that was built in the late 1940s and appeared to have some great bones, only needing some updating. After doing a walkthrough of the home together, Melhorn noticed something weird about the wall of the hallway. Being an expert engineer, of course, he decided to take a closer look. I told my agent, there's a dead space here. here um, Excuse me, I told my agent there's a dead space here, he recalls. Melhorn, Melhorn assumed it was an old fireplace that could be restored. So he got to work carefully, prying off the loose paneling that covered the hidden space. Behind the panel was a stair... What? Behind the panel was a staircase to a second floor of the house that had been boarded up completely shut? Why? He says, I had so many questions. First of all, why would somebody write... Why would somebody board up a second level and then cover the staircase completely, right? Secondly, how did I not realize this house had a second level? Melhorn ran outside to have a better look at the house. He asked his agent if she'd known if the house had two floors. She said it hadn't. Wow. Once back inside, things started to get even creepier. As we rounded the corner through the kitchen on our way to the dining room, I noticed it, he said, hanging in the middle of the large opening between the dining room and living room was a large silk what a large silk wedding dress complete with a complete veil and slightly yellow from the years of aging the hair on my neck stood up straight stood straight up as i asked my agent what or what 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 was that there when we came through neither melhorn nor his agent had seen the dress on their first walkthrough we immediately left, he explained. Since the discovery of the enclosed second floor and the mysterious appearance, appearing dress, Melhorn kept, kept tabs on the property. The house has been listed for rent many, many times, he explains. It's currently vacant. Why did they not give us more information on that second story? How, oh my God, you guys. How cool is this? This is in um, Knoxville, Tennessee. Cassidy Melhorn. And I'm going to do a screenshot of that. So we do some follow-up research. I mean, granted, this was like in 21. <gasps> Dude. Oh, 2019. But still. But still. It could still be old. It could still be there. Right? It's uh, Knoxville, Tennessee. Cassidy Melhorn. What's the name of the real realtor? It doesn't say. Maybe Melhorn is real? Hmm. It doesn't say. 
Wow, why in the hell would you close up a whole freaking second story? I don't know, man. I don't get it. Why? All right, so let's go this way. Good stories, good stories. I'm happy with these. Very, very happy. Here's another one. This one is from Curtis. He just sent it in literally 40 minutes, 47 minutes ago. I have not read all I see. It's something about a dog. Here we go. It's just the dog, right? This is a true experience that my now husband, mother, and I experience at different moments. Now, about 10... This isn't Curtis. This is the person who's writing the story. <laughs> 10 years ago, I had just graduated college during the recession. I had a hard time finding a job right after school, so I was living back with my mother in my childhood home. It was just me, my mother, and our dog. The cutest little golden Jack Russell ever. At that time, I had a very odd sleeping habits. While at college, I worked graveyard shifts at the college library. Now that I was home, I was working open, opening shifts at my part-time job. I often slept during the day and was awake at night. Well, one night, I was up at 3 a.m.-ish doing dishes in the kitchen. My mother was asleep, and I assumed the dog was asleep, too, in her room. All of a sudden, I heard the dog in the dining room. Only dining, the, the only dining room connected to the kitchen. It wasn't startling or anything, Despite the darkness in the adjacent room, I kept hearing the sound of my little dog huffing. Huffing? Like, maybe like panting? A very unique sound that my dog made. Oh, and I have only one known, and I have only really known her to do it. The sound, the sound continued as I kept washing the dishes in the sink. I called out to my dog and told her to come in the kitchen to keep me company. She didn't come. Very unlike her. I kept doing the dishes, but kept talking to her, trying to get her to join me. Perhaps she was preoccupied with a bone or something. Um, so I got a few more I got a few more of her distinct huffs, but she refused to join me in the kitchen. Eventually I finished the dishes and decided to go back to my bedroom on the other side of the house. So I went to the bedroom from to my bedroom for the night. Uh, for reference, my mother's bedroom was right across the hall from mine. So when I returned to my room, I noticed that the mother, my mother's door is closed. It was obviously sleeping as I can hear her snoring. The dog always sleeps in her room. I thought this was very odd and thought on it for a few hours, a few hours, until my mother woke up about 5 a.m. I opened her bedroom door and out burst a dog from the same room. If my dog was in my mother's room, what was I hearing while I was doing dishes in the kitchen? I immediately asked my mother if she had let the dog out of the room at any point in the night, but she insisted she had not. I then told her uh, about my experiences in the kitchen, and then she smiled. She then proceeded to tell me about a ghostly uh, dog she kept seeing sleeping on my bed while I was away at college. My mother said it was always comforting, and it's always a comforting presence. I, I seemed to agree with her. I hadn't been afraid of what had been... Wait. I, <laughs> I hadn't been afraid of what had been with me at night, surprisingly. A few days later, my husband, who was my boyfriend at the time, came over to pick me up for a date. Um, let's see. Most times, he, most times he did this, I was never really ready on time. So he would come in and wait for me in the living room. He told me that he was waiting. He could have sworn that the dog was in the kitchen getting into something. He tried to call her over. He tried to call her over, and since he didn't want to be rude and wander around the house, he continued to hear what. He assumed to be my dog huffing and digging around in the kitchen, and he repeatedly tried to call her over to him to come to him, come to him in the living room. She never came. 
This repeated for a few minutes until my mother walked in the front door with the dog after taking her with it for a walk. Very interesting. They got a ghost dog in the house, but why? Why? Look at there. 45 minutes. Holy crap, you guys. Yay. I went past my time that I usually do. <laughs> Anyways, if you guys have any um, questions, comments, com oh, I know what I was going to tell you guys. My Spotify rating went up to 3.8. Woo! I was a 3.7. Now I'm a 3.8. This is so exciting. <laughs> so thank you guys for um, supporting me and listening to my silly podcast, my raw podcast. Uh, this one's a little longer than normal. So thank you for taking 45 minutes out of your day because by the time I'm talking, it'll probably be 45 minutes. So, so appreciate it. I thought these stories were great. Curtis, thank you so much for sharing the, the uh, story with me. I appreciate it. You guys can share stories too. <laughs> P-A-T-T-Y-I-N-W at gmail.com. Wisconsin Vestigators of the Supernatural. You can Facebook me if you don't do Facebook. Um, that's fine. Email it to me. Put podcasts in the subject field. Thank you so much. So, this is about it. And I am, this is a maximum recording for time. So, I've been at 60 minutes. I did not know that. Good to know. All right, you guys. Have a great work week. I am on vacation. And I will try and do a podcast next Sunday. But I don't think I can get to it. So, maybe next Saturday. All right, you guys, take care. Thank you. Thank you so much for this my podcast. I really appreciate it. And this is Mrs. Paranormal signing off.